Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 12. And this is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, speaking. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That's the commandment the Lord's given us, that we should have love one for another. All our brothers and sisters in Christ, we should definitely have a love like we have no other love we should have for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's His commandment to you. And that's a commandment that we should be following, as I have loved you. But look at verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Amen. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. So focusing there on verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, one of the keys... One of the most overlooked keys to happiness that few people think about, but is a key to having a happy life, is friendship. Friendship. Having good friends. Being a good friend. Having a good friend to lean on in times of hurt, in times of need. And Jesus Christ says to you, I'm your friend. And he says, I'll show you how good a friend I am because there's no greater love hath a man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's true friendship. And one of the keys to happiness and living a happy life is friendship. It's having some good friends in life. Man, there's nothing more miserable than to feel like you're all alone and don't have any friends. That's miserable. Listen, you have a friend in Jesus. And that's a great thing to have a friend in Jesus Christ. Now this morning I want to focus on friendship. And if I really believe, and I do believe that one of the keys to having a happy life that's overlooked by a lot of people is just having some good friends. If that's one of the keys, I want to look through the Word of God and see what the Word of God has to say about friendship. Friendship, knowing this, that Jesus Christ is your friend. What kind of friend do you have when you have a friend in Jesus Christ? We'll turn to Proverbs chapter 18 and let's look at that. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. Having friendship, you say, why is that such a key to, uh, to having a happy life? Well, friendship will help you emotionally. Having good friends helps you emotionally. Having somebody to talk to. Having somebody just to call and just to run your mouth to. Having somebody you can trust to tell secrets to. Things that you might not want anybody else to know. This is a good friend, amen. It's good. To, friendship will help you emotionally. Friendship will help you financially. When you have a good friend, they can help you get a job. They can help you keep a job. A good friend can do all kinds of things for you. It can help you emotionally. It can help you financially. A good friendship will help your marriage. You want to have a good marriage, you need to have a good friend. You need to have a good friend. Above all else, you need to be a good friend with your spouse. And you've got to work at that sometimes, amen? Just like you have to work at love. Love don't just come. If people think love comes naturally. Lust comes naturally. Love don't come naturally. You've got to work on love. Love is something that grows in a marriage. I love my wife ten times more now than I did when I first met her. There's a lot more love there. He said, you really? yeah, I believe that. And I'm a lot closer friends with her now than I was. Friends with her, I didn't even hardly know her, amen? 
But the, when you get to know somebody and you live with them and you become friends, you know their likes or dislikes and, and you can talk about different things. That's how a friendship helps you. A lot of unhappiness in marriage is simply this, is people are not friends anymore in the marriage. Here's the first thing you need to know about friendship. Verse 24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. <laughs> you want to have a friend? You got to be a friend. Amen. The Bible's real specific about that. If you come to me and you say, well, Brother Keegan, I don't have a lot of friends. That's because you're not being friendly to a lot of people. If you want to have friends, you got to be a friend. Let me give you this little ditty. I went out to find a friend, but could not find one there. I went out to be a friend, and friends were everywhere. Amen. When you go out and try to be friendly, try to be a friend to somebody, that's how you're going to get friends. And the Bible's real plain about it. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. If you walk around and you're not friendly, you're not polite to people, you, you won't say hi, you won't say good morning, you walk around with a frown on your face, don't come to me and say, well, I don't know why I don't have any friends. Well, nobody wants to be your friend, amen. But it's a good thing, I'm showing you, it's a good thing to have friends. And I'm going to show you why in a second as we go through the Word of God. It's important to have friends. And I'm here to tell you, one of the keys that's overlooked to happiness in life is to have a lot of good friends. Man, I can think back in my life, all my friends that have supported me, that have lent me a dollar or two, amen. They have lent me their lawnmower. They have lent me a car. They have come to my help to help me work on my house. All the good friends have done all kinds of things for me that when I've had something happen in my life, I could call and talk to them and cry on their shoulder. Man, it's good to have good friends. And that's one of the keys that's overlooked to happiness is friendship. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Let's look at the next one. The end of verse 24. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A friend is better than family. Yes, a friend is better than family. There's a lot of friends that I would call on way before I would call on family. There's some family. I've got a lot of family. I mean, a lot of us have a lot of family. I've got a lot of family way back. But I can't necessarily say they're friends of mine. But I've got a lot of friends that I believe that would stick closer to me than a dear brother. If I had a brother, he would stick closer to me than a brother. Because there is a friend. A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You were sitting here this morning and you say, well, I don't have a whole lot of friends. Well, I give you the advice how to get more friends. Well, let me tell you something. You have at least one friend, and that friend is Jesus Christ. He wants to be friends with you. You say, see, he's the kind of friend that is friendly to you. See, he's willing to die for you. He, wants, he loves you. He cares for you. He's the one that's being friendly to you, so you will be his friend. That's the best kind of friend you can have. And let me tell you about this friend, Jesus. A friend that he sticks closer to you than a brother. He's thicker than blood, man. They always say, you know, blood, uh, blood is thicker than water and this, all this stuff about how, how important it is to have family. And family is important. But I'm telling you what, I, I grew up and I lost a lot of my family to death and I've lost a lot of friends. But the friends that have stuck with me, man, those things, they're, they're more precious to me than any brother I could have ever have because they've been good to me. And then friendship is one of the keys to happiness. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 17. Let's look at another one of these. Proverbs chapter 17 Look at verse 17. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You know what's the great thing about having a friend? A friend, a good friend, a true friend, he always loves you. <laughs> he always loves you. That's why they always say, what's a man's best friend? His dog. 
Amen. Amen. Why is a dog a man's best friend? Because a dog, it don't matter if you go and you kick that dog and you get mad at that dog. You know what I know about a dog? He'll come right back up to you. And he'll love on you. And a dog will follow you around everywhere. A dog don't complain to you. A dog don't gripe at you for not washing the dishes. A dog don't gripe at you for not taking out the trash. A dog just looks up at you. And when you pet that dog, he looks up at you and he said, this must be God. And when you pet on a cat, a cat looks up at you and said, I must be God. That's the difference between a cat and a dog. A cat loves what you can do for it. That's what a cat does. A cat loves you for what you can do for him, but a dog loves you no matter what. That's a good friend. And you know what I know about a good friend? A friend loveth at all times. But it says a brother's born for adversity. Some of us have got family that have turned on us. Some of us have got family that are mean to us. But a good friend, a friend loveth at all times. And I, I, I've experienced this with my friends, some of my friends that I've messed up on and things I've done and they still love me and they still call me a friend. And that's a blessing. And that's Jesus Christ for you. I don't care what you've done or what you're going to do. Jesus Christ is still going to say, that's my friend. I love him. I died for him. That's a friend of mine. Man, that's a great thing. And that's one of the keys to happiness is having a good friend. Brother Packer is a pastor that I was under, growing up under. He knew my Aunt Dorothy. My Aunt Dorothy went to the church, and he told me, I need to tell you something about your Aunt Dorothy, Keegan. I said, yeah. He said, you know, one time I had, and I remember this happening. He got accused of something really, really vile, and he was accused, and he was real embarrassed about it, and he was claiming he didn't do it, and this, that, and another. And he, he, he said, I called your aunt, and he, he said, I was talking to your aunt, and your Aunt Dorothy told me this. He, she said, Judge, that's, that's my, the Brother Packer's nickname was Judge. She goes, she said, Judge, I don't care what you did. You're still my friend i don't care if you did it or not you're still my friend he told me he said that meant everything to me keegan he said that unconditional love of a friend that's the kind of friend we need that's the kind of friend we need to be that's the kind of friend we need to be to some people that unconditional love it's funny how you get together a sermon and you say okay lord i feel like you've laid this on my heart and you're getting it together and then the night before what happens to me i have a good friend of mine call me up and drive me completely nuts talk to me keep me on the phone for an hour and a half i was i told my wife i said i wanted to get off the phone in 15 minutes and he kept me on the phone for an hour and a half just whining and crying and wah, 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 wah. and the whole time i'm thinking be a good friend <laughs> Be a good friend. The Bible says be a good friend. And I want to just lie into him and just hammer him and say, shut up, man. And I'm like, okay, a good friend loveth at all times, Brother Keegan, you know. Man, it's hard to live this stuff, isn't it? But I'm glad I did because now that I've hung up the phone and I, my wife, poor wife had to listen to all the stuff, I gripped about it. But I'm glad I hung up the phone and I did the right thing and was a good friend. Because now that I've gotten some sleep and woke up in the morning, I thought, Man, if I would have told him what I wanted to say, he wouldn't be my friend anymore, probably. Amen. And I don't want to lose him. He's a good friend. And you know what? That's what a good friend needs to do. He's had to listen to me call him up and gripe and complain and whine and cry. Amen. That's why he's calling me and doing the same thing to me. Because he knows, hey, I paid my dues. Listen, you cry, Keegan. Now I'm going to call you and cry to you, you know. So i got to be a good friend, and I'm glad because, it's, man, it's one of the secrets to happiness in life is good friends. It's one of the secrets to life. A friend loveth at all times. Look at Proverbs 17. You're there? Look at verse 9. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, 
But he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. Gossip can kill friendship. Gossip kills lots and lots of friendship. Just people talking behind each other's back, you know, you know what he said about you. And, you know, when you're in uh, middle school, when you're in middle school, this stuff happens on a daily basis. You know, where f- some people say, well, he said this about you. And you know what he said about you behind you? And it's just, that's all that's going on all through middle school. And what's amazing to me, when you get to be about 40 years old, that stuff still happens at work. I thought we grew up, I thought we got over this stuff, but people still gossip behind each other's back. And you've got to be real careful about what you say about a friend behind somebody else's back because it's going to be, somebody's going to hear about it. You've got to be careful what you say because it could be repeated. And you all know this, and if you're honest with me, you'll admit it, that you've said stuff about a dear friend of yours that you don't want that friend to find out that that's what you said. Like what I just said earlier <laughs> from the pulpit. I don't want him to know I said that. I love him. You love them enough not to know, want them to know some of the things you said, amen. So that's why it's so important not to be a tailbearer. That's why it's so important the Word of God talks about not being a tailbearer, not being a gossiper. Don't be a gossiper. Don't be a tailbearer. Because you don't want people doing that to you, amen. Because we got big mouths. We all have big mouths. We all say things we don't mean. And sometimes, and when, you know how it is. Once you've said it, you can't take it back. See, you know what's been said. Once it comes out of your mouth and they hear it, it's been said. You can say, well, I didn't mean that. But you know, it's still out there, amen? You know, it, it is. And the, and the saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie straight out of hell. Those do hurt you. The words hurt you the most. Amen. He that covereth the transgression, those seeketh love. So a good friend, a true friend, will forgive. A true friend will find a way to forgive you. He that covereth transgression seeketh love. Look at Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love, love covereth all sins. A true friend will find a way to forgive you. And if you're going to be a true friend to somebody, you've got to find a way to forgive them. If you want to have a happy marriage, you've got to have a friend there with your spouse, and you've got to learn to forgive the key to relationships, it don't matter if it's a friendship, if it's a marriage, if it's at work, whatever it is, the key to relationships is forgiveness. The key to your relationship with God the Father is He's willing to forgive you. If God the Father didn't have a forgiving spirit, if God the Father wasn't willing to forgive you, friends, you wouldn't have a relationship with God the Father whatsoever. Because He's had to forgive you on a daily basis for all the nonsense you do. And that's why he wants you, it's so important for you, and he teaches you, he wants you to learn to forgive others. Because if you don't learn to forgive others, you're going to lose a relationship maybe in a marriage. For sure, you're going to lose friendships. You're going to lose relationship with kids. I'm talking about sons and daughters. You're going to lose all kinds of relationships that would keep you happy in life. You've got to learn to forgive. Peter came up to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? We know that's a perfect number in the Bible. Peter's smart. He says, seven times, Lord? What did the Lord say? Nay, I tell you, seven times 70. Guys, you've got to learn just forgive and forgive and forgive. If you're going to be a true friend, you're going to find a way to forgive. And look, love covereth all sins. You know what that means? You have so much love for that person, you're willing to let it go and forget about it and just cover it up. This is so strong in a mother and son relationship, it's unbelievable. You talk to mothers and that, their son, you think you're talking, they're talking about Superman or something. 
you know, if, as long as my son don't get around kryptonite, he's going to you know, lead the world and all that. You know, there, there, there's never, the only, I say this all the time, the only good man in the world is a mother's son. Because you won't find a wife talking about his, her, her husband like that, you know. But uh, why is that? Why does a mother have, you know, she, you know, the son's sorry, no good, wicked, and it's, you, know, you hear nothing but good about him. And why is that? Because a mother has that motherly love. That covers all sins. She has that love that you don't have that she just overlooks all that nonsense. That you can't overlook because you don't have that love. You want to be a good friend, you got to have love. And a good friend overlooks all that stuff. But love covereth all sins. I had a guy at work that me and him got crossways. And I mean big time crossways. I mean we were yelling at each other and everything. And I thought I was right. And of course today I'll tell you I was right. But I thought he did me wrong, and he was adamant that he didn't do me wrong. And it, I'm not going to go into all the details because really probably I was wrong. But the point is, is that I won't tell you. I'm going to tell you that I was right. But the point is, is that me and we got into it, and we had to work with each other. And that don't go well when you have to sit in the same room. And we were, I mean, it was heated. And everybody in the whole department knew that me and this guy were not happy with each other. We, we ran into each other out on the street. I'm working my crane truck, and he's running his trash route. And you thought we were about to get out there and fisticuff in the middle of the road. And I was mad enough to try to do it with him. And, at, and the Lord, of course, what happens through all this? The Lord's telling me in the back of my mind, you better forgive him. You better let it go. You know how the Lord is. He won't let you go. He won't let it go. And it's working on me, working on me. So at the end of the day, I said, you know what? I need to go just make it right with this guy. Because he's not going to make it right with me, I don't think. I don't know. I just need to make it right. So at the end of the day, I walked up to him. I said, man, I said, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And the Lord gave me this, and I'll never forget it. And I believe the Lord gave this to tell him. I said, I don't want to make an enemy. I don't want to make an enemy. I want to keep a friend. And he said, yeah, I forgive you. And he shook my hand, and we've been, we've been great friends ever since. As a matter of fact, he puts up with more off of me, I think, because of that incident. You know, Because <laughs> he brought it up the other day in the break room. He goes, well, don't make Keegan mad. You said, ooh, I got him mad at me one time before, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and, you know, of course, I get all red-faced, and I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I shouldn't have acted that way. See, it's a, this hurts my testimony. But I had to bow down, and I had to forgive. I had to ask him to forgive me. I had to seek for forgiveness, and I needed that forgiveness. I needed him just to cover up that transgression because I wanted to keep a friend. I didn't want to make an enemy. Because, see, we all want friends. We don't want enemies, amen. And the worst kind of enemies have one that used to be your friend. That's the worst. Because they know all your secrets, amen. You've been telling them all these secrets about you all these years, and all of a sudden they're your enemy. Oh, man. They got all the ammunition to shoot at you. That's the worst kind of friend. <laughs> maybe, maybe you don't see it that way. Look at, uh, look at Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. One of the keys to success and happiness in life is friendship. Look at uh, verse 4. 19 verse 4. Wealth maketh many friends. Yeah, it does make a lot of friends. When you're wealthy and you got a lot of money, it makes a lot of friends. But these aren't true friends. Look at verse 6. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. Boy, if you got a lot of money and you're willing to buy everybody around at the bar and you're willing to buy everybody something, buy food, buy lunch, you're willing to spend money on them, boy, they're, they're your best friend. Oh, yeah, you're my friend. But look at verse 7. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? But when you run out of money and you don't have that money to give and have gifts to give anymore, 
They go, they, your friends just disappear. Look at the end of verse 7. He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. Hey, hey, friend, how you doing? And they just ignore you. So, you know, I'm not my friend. Don't be a false friend. Watch out for false friends that are only using you because of what you can do for them. There's a lot of people out there like that that are false friends that wealth maketh many friends. That because you're able to do something for them or maybe you're in a position of power or whatever it is at work or whatever it is, that you, they, they're kind of buttering up to you because they want you to be their friend because they think there'll be some kind of advantage to it. You don't want to have a friend like that and you don't want to be a friend like that. Something that bothers me about friendship is and about the way people treat each other is when you go out to eat and you see couples do this. You go out to eat with couples and here's a married couple and they go out and they're, they're at a restaurant and there's a stranger and the stranger's waiting on there and, and they're, they're giving them something to drink or eat and they tell the stranger, thank you, you're welcome. And they're so polite to strangers and then they turn around to their wife or husband and talk to them like a dog. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Why do you treat such stranger with politeness and like a friend, and then you turn around to your husband or your wife and you talk to them like a dog. This is the person you have to sleep with in bed under the same roof. We should be saying thank you and you're welcome to our spouse. We should be a whole lot more polite to them than we are to some stranger we're never going to see it again. we got to fall asleep in the same house. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You will fall asleep and they will beat you with a baseball bat. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. They have power over you. They can poison you. They can do mean things to you. They have power over you. That's why you should be saying, thank you. Be as polite as you can to your spouse. All right, turn to Proverbs chapter... Yeah, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 27. Let's go on. Let's, let's move right along. Move right along. Proverbs chapter 27. Don't be a false friend. There's been a lot... I've had a lot of false friends in my life that I thought were my friends and they weren't my friend. Had a lot of them. When you have really good, true friends, it makes up. You don't, you know, you don't, you forget about all those guys. Let's look at verse 14. He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. You're a friend, so what you need to learn not to be is an obnoxious friend. <laughs> and man, I've got some of these. I love them to death, but man, they're obnoxious. And don't, you got to learn that if you want to keep a friend and you want to be a friend, you got to learn not to be an obnoxious friend. And here's an obnoxious friend here that blesses his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning. It should be counted a curse to him. You know I don't get up to 8 o'clock in the morning, so what are you doing calling my house at 6.30? You know I go to bed at 9 o'clock, so what are you doing calling my house at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night? See, those are the things. You know me well enough. You're my friend. You know how I work. You know my sleep patterns. You know what I like and don't like. So why are you being obnoxious to me, you know? That's the kind of friend we don't need to be. Look at chapter 25. Look at chapter 25, verse 17. This is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite verses in all of Proverbs. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. (laughs) The Bible's real plain about it. If you're a friend, don't be an obnoxious friend. And you know what? Leave their house. Get away from them sometimes. Give them some space. You know, they don't want you over the house all the time, you know. They want to actually be able to sit around the house in the underwear. They don't want you there all the time. And when you're there all the time, they grow weary of you. And the Bible warns you about that. It just says it warns you. Withdraw that foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, weary of thee, and so hate thee. Y'all have friends like that? They come over and they won't leave. 
And you're like, man, I want you to leave. And then you, what happens? You start hating them. You know, I'm, I'm giving you Bible. You can't, you, I, don't take advantage of your friends. See, this is what this is telling you. You don't want to be an obnoxious friend. And those, an obnoxious friend is one that takes advantage of their friends and takes for granted their good friends. That's always calling them on, on them for stuff. That's always taking advantage of them. And you don't, want, you don't want to be a friend like that. Nobody wants to have a friend like that. So a good friend is not going to take advantage of good friends and not going to take them for granted. And this is an obnoxious friend that won't leave the house. It's, you know, calling the phone, calling the house at all times of the day. You don't want to be one of these friends. Look back at Proverbs 27. Look back at Proverbs chapter 27. Look at verse 6. Let's go on to the next one. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A good friend, you can accept criticism from a good friend. And that's something we all need to learn to do. When we got a good friend that loves us, we know he loves us or she loves us, and they're a good friend to us, and they, they tell us something that we need to hear, we need to be able to accept that. It might wound us, amen? It might hurt our feelings. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. When your friend comes up to you and your friend tells you something you need to hear, you need to accept it even if it wounds you. Because it's your friend. They have a love for you. And we need to learn to do that. And we need to learn to be a friend that can do that and do it with grace. You know, tell them, hey, you know, I'm your friend. You know, I love you, but you need to, this something, something needs to be done. But we need to be a friend that can accept criticism. Because why? Look, what does it say the next one is? Faithful the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. The world is full of rear end kissers that kiss rear ends. The, The world is full of these people. And they would love to do nothing to you than butter you up and kiss all over you and tell you how great you are just because they're trying to get something from you. See this wealth, the wealth making many friends type of thing? This is what this goes back to. You don't want to be a friend that's just buttering up the friend. You want to be a friend that can be honest, and you need to be a friend that can accept criticism from a friend because, listen, you've got to watch out because your enemies are going to kiss up to you and they're going to deceive you. Jesus Christ is not that kind of friend. Jesus Christ is a friend that's brutally honest with you and tells you you need to straighten this up and you need to straighten that up. And it's for your own good. And that's what a good friend will do for you. And that's what Jesus Christ will do for you in in a relationship. That's what he'll do. Look at verse 17. Chapter 27, look at verse 17. All these are found in chapter 27. Look at verse 17. We're getting close to being done. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. The qualities of a good friend will rub off on you. This is, why want, this is one of the most overlooked keys to happiness in life is friendship. Because when you have good friends, it makes you a better person. Your friend will rub off on you. If your friend's a hard worker and you're around your friend who's a hard worker, that tends to rub off on you and make you a hard worker. And you, the, the good qualities of your friend, when you have a friend and he's got good qualities, those good qualities will rub off on you. That's a good thing. And iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You need to have friends, and good friends help you to become better. They're rubbing off on you. A good friends rub off on you, and you rub off on them, and that's a good thing. Your friend's going to church all the time. It rubs off on you, and you're going to church all the time. you got a friend. See, this is the other side of the coin. you got a friend that doesn't go to church all the time. That bad stuff's going to rub off on you. The bad qualities of your friendship will rub off on you. That's why it's so important to be careful with your friends. When you're, when you're raising kids, what do you tell your kids all the time? You're always worrying about your kids finding good friends. Because you know if, a, if your kids get around, around the wrong people and get around the wrong friends, what's going to happen? 
They're going to start doing bad things, right? Because those bad friends are going to rub off on them. And you're always hoping, man, I hope my, my kids find good friends. Because iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Look at Mark chapter 5 in closing. Mark chapter 5. We're giving you all the qualities of a good friend, but here's one of the most important things about friendship that you need to do. Look at Mark chapter 5. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. And this is Jesus, and he just got through healing up this man that was possessed with demons. He heals him up. He casts out the demons. The man's clothed in his right mind. And this is what Jesus Christ tells him when this man that was possessed with the demons tries to get, go with Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus tells him. Verse 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. One of the most important aspects of friendship is this, guys. We got to be a good friend that tells our friends about Jesus Christ. A good friend will tell you and will tell their friends about Jesus Christ. If you're going to be a good friend to somebody, you need to be a friend that tells them what? The great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. You need to be a good friend that brags on Jesus Christ all the time to your other friends. Remember what we were talking about with iron sharpening with iron? When you're bragging about Jesus Christ to your friends, you know what that does? That rubs off on them and they start thinking, you know what? I think I can brag on Jesus Christ. I'm going to start bragging on Jesus Christ. It's so important when you're a friend to be bragging on Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ told him, go home to thy friends and tell them. So your job as a friend is to tell other friends about Jesus Christ. Can you think of a friend this morning that you haven't told about Jesus Christ? That would be a shame that you have a friend that you would call a friend that, that you've never told about Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ says, you need to tell them about me. Can you imagine when that maniac came home that night? When he came home, this demon-possessed man that had been kicked out of his house that was in the tombs crying and screaming and hollering and all the things he was doing. Can you imagine what that was like when the kids came running up into the, into the house and said, Mama, Mama, Daddy's coming, Daddy's coming. And the, and the mother said, Well, get behind me, get behind me, hide, hide. And, the, and she looks out the door and she sees her husband coming down that, that trail, coming down the walkway, and he's clothed and he's in his right mind and he's got a smile on his face. And he's got that countenance that Jesus Christ gives you. And she says, uh, Jack, Jack, is that you? And he says, it's me, baby. And I'm coming home because I've met Jesus Christ. And he's cleansed me and washed me of all my sins. I'm coming home. Can you imagine the reunion that took place? When that man came home, after he had, had experienced the man from Galilee named Jesus Christ. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing, because I bowed my head, knowing I'm a sinner, and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. 
Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.